Hi, I'm Glennon, and I'm here with Johnny to talk about various tropes and themes, and how they bleed from movies to games to television. In this episode, food. Welcome to Dystropia. Cool, so episode 23, 24? I think so, yeah. One of, one of those numbers. Yeah. One of the numbers. Episode low 20s. Yes. Um... The age by which you should be able to cook for yourself. So <laughs> should. <laughs> should. Hey, I've met people. I went to college with a guy who couldn't operate a microwave properly. Like, it was, <laughs> like he was one of the smartest guys in the class. But the, no, it was the washing machine shut him down. He was just like, I, I, I don't know. How. I, don't, I, I will fuck it up every time. And every single time he washed his own clothes, he ruined it. Oh, man. And we, we, we don't understand how. But, I, you know, it's my, everyone having the gap in their knowledge. When my brother went off but to yeah, college, they all uh, three lads cooked on one George Foreman grill for a year. It was amazing. I, I was so impressed. I don't think they cleaned it once. Oh, <laughs> it was, oh I, God. Yep. Uh, okay. So this no. episode's all about food. Yeah, on that appetizing yeah. start. And um, in order to raise the stakes, uh, it is uh, 20 to 12 here. I haven't had breakfast, so I'm going to, as we're talking about food, I'm just going to salivate audibly. I have, I haven't I haven't eaten today either, but that's because I only got up like an hour and a half ago. So fair enough. Um, it's nearly six p.m. where I am. Um, yeah. So food. So we're just uh, food's a weird one. Mm. I, I found it's it's ne- it's rarely a topic. It's more of a prop. Yes. And it's a way to say things. Exceptions. Ab- it's a way to say things about the characters. I think. Uh, yeah. As a as a prop. Go on. But yeah, it's it, it comes across as um, something that I see uh, that you see like that's rarely um, there's rarely a focus. There is some examples that are a specific focus, um, but for the most part, it does seem to be it, 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 like I said, it's more of a, a, a in some things it's almost a character, mm. depending on how it's done. There's a, one of the things that kind of had me thinking about this episode was that there's a, a YouTube um, channel called Binging with Babish, and it's a okay. it's a guy who recreates the food he sees in movies and TV shows and games. So right, okay. if if you're um, if you, if you're talking about Homer Simpson's moon waffle where he gets the waffle and wraps it in butter and puts on the smoky flavor and do that, the dude will make it perfectly, one hundred percent. Like he has to make it as it's described in the show, and then he has to try yeah. and make it palatable and he does it with um the trifle from friends as well where it's half uh, an english trifle and half a shepherd's pie and he literally makes it as they describe it on the tv show and then like it's all it's always terrible it's all because like it, they're playing for laughs in a lot of these shows and then he has to try and find a way to make it actually edible and like delicious um and he's always these nice little six minute kind of videos but they're they're super entertaining yeah that's um yeah, there's, there's, um, like some of the stuff that they put up, um, I'm trying to find one specifically here, it was from Spongebob Squarepants. Hmm. And. It's not just the Krabby describes... Patty, is it? No, 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 Um, there's a, there's a specific thing, Christ, if I can find it, it's, it's one of the, the, the best things I've seen, just in how they break it down. Right. Because it's somebody basically takes the, the thing, he comes, a guy comes up and asks, a specific, I'm looking for this, 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 and this, and then it like um, Squidward's, Squidward's response is, "We serve food here, sir." Oh, I know and what you mean. Yes, uh, it's like the In and Out Burger thing. He goes, uh, "Can I get a two by two? Exactly. Yeah. It's 
it's uh, I'll take um, you know, we can get to that one on the field room but yes it, it's um, stuff like that like the, the way they list them in, uh, in TV shows and mm. stuff like that films obviously like the, a lot of it's just kind of oh it just has to convey what they want mm. and it's like it's not even a full meal or it's not even a proper order or, or all the details and then yeah. the other ones like that like where it's played for laughs it's like it has to be something fucking ridiculous yeah what's the one thing you'd never put with a, tri- uh, with a trifle yeah exactly uh, some, something something savoury with mince in it yeah. yeah sure lasagna no 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 wait no a shepherd's pie okay I there's like the yeah. gravy you can feel the dripping and gravy through it yeah it's really good uh I'm gonna I'm gonna pitch uh, a new segment on our podcast Uh-oh. after twenty ep- after twenty episodes called Notable Tropables. For for anyone for anyone watching or listening, we did not discuss. This. <laughs> what do you want to? So, our show's about tropes. We should probably talk about them every so often. Uh, so I, I looked up food tropes before we did this. So as as a notable tropable, uh, okay. My one of my favorite ones is uh, autopsy snack time which is where uh, a coroner or someone who's doing an autopsy is eating while they're doing it. And the first oh, time... There's you... an entire... Go on. The, the, the entire TV series iZombie is based around that. Yes, iZombie, uh, Fringe, uh, Walter Bishop does it the whole time, CSI, Supernatural, Law & Order, uh, Gone and... Oh, no, no, but, no, but, but with iZombie, the plot is, is that she's, um, she works uh, as a coroner, mm. but she's a zombie... So if she eats part of them, she gets clues. Is that right? Yes. There's so. an entire TV series <laughs> literally going hardcore on that story. On that well, like. I will have to... I'll have to. It's l- actually quite good as well. I'll have to give that one a watch. I thought I zombie... I'm thinking of the Wii U zombie game now. Uh, you, you, you zombie? Anyway. Um, but yeah, the, it's the first time I saw it, it's one of those ones where like, oh, it's very clever. Like it's a way of, you know... Somebody's eating a lollipop while while sawing someone, or uh, in Gone in sixty seconds. Um, what's his name? Uh, footballer dude. Vinny Jones. Vinny Jones is sitting eating a sandwich, looking really fucking freaky. And Friday the Thirteenth, he puts his sandwich on the body for a second to sign something, and then picks it up again. Yeah. And you're like, oh man, these guys are so jaded. But about the fourth time you see it, like even if they're playing straight, you're like, all right, that's they're just doing it for laughs though. Yeah, 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 and it's it, it's yeah, it, 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 it's. It's definitely something now that you just mentioned it. Yes, you do see in a lot of things. Mm. Um, <clears throat> there's also the uh, they do it in house mm. where uh, they're describing um, they're describing some horrific thing where you know the guy's skin is sloughing off and all yeah, that. Yeah. And uh, oh no, they're describing something and they look at uh, they look at Wilson and Wilson's just eating uh, eating his uh, thing and it's like a curry and he's like. I work in cancer, like, you know, half my patients have their skin sloughing off. You cannot freak me out. <laughs> and then they, like, they, they do it, I think, about two or three seasons later where, like, somebody mentions something and looks at Chase and he's eating breakfast. And they, they, they lean in and they go into more detail and he just looks back at them and takes a big bite out of his food. <laughs> and he's like, he's Australian, you're not going to freak him out. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Uh, but yeah, yeah, the, the the disgusting, the contrast. The, yes, I suppose because the it, it like you can describe something disgusting on TV and not show it, and people will just gonna be like, mm-hmm, okay. Mm. But then if you contrast it with the food, people are more likely to go, Ugh. and it, and then it becomes more memorable. Yeah, I think so. But uh, um, but yeah, moving into it, what, what's your films? What's the what's the film jump out? Uh, for films, I've got one film in particular, but I'll do a I'll do a quick shout out to um, uh, Matilda uh, with the big chocolate cake. Uh, oh yes, and yeah, Charlie and the Chocolate. Yeah, there's there's something really nice about. I used to read Roald Dahl books when I was growing up, and there's something really nice about everything is seen through kind of a kid's eyes. That uh, like whenever they're if someone's mixing foods, they're making a potion. Like they're they're 
doing something incredible and it's not just a chocolate cake like it nearly has magic powers or like the everything is magical about it um and i i really there's something really memorable that's the one piece of food that sticks in my mind is the is the cake and matilda that the, the guy sitting and finishing it as an act of defiance against um mm. the the mean principal miss trunchbull or whatever her name was um yeah that there's something really it just felt like that was 100% through a kid's eyes that wasn't an adult doing something that was like the um very much that one but uh the movie i want to talk about then is indiana jones and the temple of doom with the monkey with the with not just the monkey i watched the clip again just there uh and it's a lot right, of right. there's a there's kind of this cavalcade of things the whole point of it being is that like there's a scene going on where Indy is talking to the Prime Minister and talking to a British general. And like at one end of the table, there's a very serious conversation. And he's actually very politely making terrible accusations. And on the other end of the table is Willie and Short Round uh, sitting and they're starving. This is the first, like, they've been jerked around and like had to ride on elephants and, you know, uh, attacked in the jungle and all this kind of stuff. So this is the first time where they're, they get to kind of relax a little bit. And the first meal that comes out is snake surprise. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Giant snake. And they slice it open. They slice it open. Like more eels and tiny snakes start spilling out. And Willie's yeah. like, her eyes are rolling around in her head and like, short round, give me your hat. Why? And he like takes it off because I'm going to be sick into it. And he's like, no. And he takes his hat back. Uh, and then the, the beetles come out and the, the guy's about to eat it. And he just looks at her and goes, you're not eating? And she goes, no, I, I already had some bugs for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, there's one more. Oh, she, you got something simple like a uh, soup. And the soup comes and she a big spoon of it. And like Short Round's leaning over with his spoon because he's like, oh, it's the only edible thing here. And then the eyeballs all float to the surface. And she starts sc- yeah. screaming. And Indy's down the other side, like doing all this business. And um, the, the young Maharaj boy is there. Uh, and then the final one is the, the chilled monkey brains. The, ah, dessert is here. And they start putting monkey heads down. And that lovely reveal, yeah. where they, cr- they just grip the little bit of hair on top and the t- top of the cranium comes away. <laughs> and uh, I think that's it's, where, where Willie faints. Yeah, it's, it, it's just, it's, it's a what you call it. It's, um, it, it. I think the first time, the first time I saw Temple of Doom, mm. Temple of Doom, I, I saw them out of order. Temple of Doom I saw before Lost Ark. Um, when I was growing up. So I caught Temple of Doom when it was on TV one right. Christmas or something like that. And uh, then, like, but I only caught like half of it and then we, I had to do something because it was coming up, I think it was like Christmas Eve or something mm. stupid like that. So I was like, all right, yeah, you have to go do something else. Um, no, 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 it was Christmas Day because they used to show them, I think it was RTE, used to show the trilogy on like Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, Stevens' Day or something like that. Mm. Um, but I, um, yeah, they they uh, so the following year, I was like, it's like there's Indiana Jones on, uh, and my dad's like, yeah, and I'm like, I don't know if I've seen it, mm. and he's like, well, you've, have you seen any of them? And I was like, I've seen one of them, and he's like, well, what was in it? Like, was there a, was there a bit with a boulder? No, wait, no. Was there a bit with a minecart? And I'm like, I don't know. There was monkey brains. He goes, that's the second one. I know. It's such they they do it so well with the, the snakes is such a like a good one to start with and then they do three they do snakes eyeballs bugs and you're like okay well, three is the number and it feels like they're wrapping up and the dessert that last kick is such a good one yeah. uh, and I watched it again um, there's articles and stuff saying you know looking back is that racist or whatever and you're like ah it it's kind of like these are all hyper real pulp kind of stuff like it's guys yeah. 
like how did the snake stay alive in the in the pyramid there's everything in it is kind of silly and weird but i was reading a really good article saying that um it is not that it's kind of racist against indians it's supposed to be a clue that something's not right the idea that the thuggy cult has taken over this place because mm. there's even a line in the original script that's not in the movie where hindi indy does turn to someone and go like a devout a devout hindu would never eat meat like this there's something really wrong here like there's something some rotten, yeah, okay. and the young Maharaj doesn't eat anything, and the Prime Minister doesn't eat anything. Like it's, it, it's nearly like they're fucking with Indy and Willie and everyone. Like they're trying to scare them off or something with this outlandish meal. Yeah, I mean, I, I never thought of it as being racist. I just thought of them going of like this is sinister. Yeah, and exactly. Like so, I mean, like having the odd thing, like eating bugs, not so much. Like there's even a. Um, like some of the street vendors here occasionally they're not all of them but you get, you get the odd one now and then who's selling like bugs and stuff I would like to and do cricket there's a, thing, there's a thing in the shops and I'm not sure if it's just the logo or if it's actually thing. I should ask one of the guys but there's like a, these little sachets and they almost look like Fisherman's Friends mm. sachets um, but it has a picture of someone on the, on the front of it it might be a young picture of the king or it might be just a picture of the guy who's founded the company I'm not entirely sure um, because it's a cartoon, so I, I, it's not like a photo, right? Um, but there's like a centipede either side of it. I'm like, what the fuck is in this package? <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to get one and eat, should, it, should, eat it on camera next time. I should find out. Yeah. It, oh no, 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 no. Um, centipede, no, too many legs. Uh, yeah. Six would be my limit for legs. Yeah, I think that's about um, it. Yeah. So what was what was your yeah. movie choice? I don't have a specific film. But there's a specific director who keeps on, who has an obsession with eggs. Okay. Um, and it's Miyazaki. So oh, I, I'm thinking of a different tons, movie, but yeah, go on. Tons of Studio Ghibli, Ghibli, whatever way you pronounce it. Mm. Um, tons of their films have food references in them. Mm. And it's, it's weird in that a lot of the times there's a scene where food is being prepared and eaten or just eaten. And it's used as a way to either A, make you comfortable into the film. Mm -hmm. Not that his films are particularly like discomforting, um, but there's, there's usually a moment where it's like, this is a kind of a, oh, okay, well, this is familiar and this is great. And mm. I think it's just to make you immediately identify with the characters or else it's used to normalize certain things. Yes. So, um, like, uh, kind of the, the main, the three main ones that are just in terms of eggs, like eggs consistently show up. Um, and and this food is always done in such a way that you're just like, man, I could eat that. I could eat that somehow. Yeah, they, I, um, Spirited Away with the with the adults turning to pigs comes to mind with the the well, not all of not the so much the pigs the thing. Mm. So the, there is that there is that scene in in Spirited Away. It's like seven or eight minutes into the film where they first reach the town and they they're going around it and there's no one there. But there's a, there's this buffet of freshly prepared food mm. and there's like a, a big massive. Uh, fish head and there's like uh, soup dumplings giant soup dumplings mm. and like mountains of boiled rice and fried rice and you know there's all these different things there's like sausage and there's you know I'll, spring rolls and everything I always and figured that uh, was a direct reference to the Pleasure Island from um, Pinocchio with the, them giving into hedonism and turning into donkeys yeah could well be mm. could well be um, but the, later later on in that um, there's the there's the scene um, with uh, was it Zinus or Zinus? I can never remember names. Um, it's no name, no face, and uh, no face. Sorry, and the kid, and they go to they go for tea. Mm. 
and mm. there's just all the little cakes and little desserts and all the rest. And two of them are talking, and No Face is just completely ignoring them, sipping his tea and just wolfing down a cake, mm. and just like off, off and doing his own thing. And I was like, I, I like that. Like, but if you actually look at the, the other stuff, like so, in Ponyo, there's a whole scene where like Ponyo's starving, and she's like, I, I love food, love food. The two kids are like, Come on, come on, can we, can we, can we? And, your, and your mom's like, Okay, what do you want? And they're like, uh, they're, they're like, We want pork. And she's like, Okay, and they make pork ramen, mm. and it's like when they reveal it because there's even the whole thing where like they put the ramen in the bowls and then she pours in boiling water and then you see her kind of messing around with some food and then she covers it and then she waits like three minutes and she's like okay close your eyes and then she pulls them open and the shot when it shows you the ramen will instantly make you hungry Mm. and it's like it's two big slabs of pork and there's like diced um, scallions and stuff in it and then there's just like a soft boiled egg Mm. Um, because ramen comes with a soft boiled egg yeah yeah in Hell's Moving Castle, there's the, the scene where they're going to make breakfast and there's the bacon and eggs. And there's the big slabs of bacon. Uh, so it's three slabs of bacon and six eggs. And you've got the fire demon giving out about it and all the rest while he's being while he's cooking it because he doesn't like to be used for cooking. Mm. Um, but it's literally when, when you're making it. And again, it's this real normal scene. Other than the fact that the fire is talking to you. <laughs> it's a really normal scene. It's just making breakfast. In what is... A massively um, fantastical film. And yes. The same with Spirited Away. It is the norm- normalcy of the of the the food setting. Yeah, of, like them just sitting and having tea. It is, but in a in a mental film. Um, it is a way. That's of, why I don't really like. To- it is a way of grounding it in a way that's very 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 relatable. And if it's uh, these are arguably aimed at kids, some of these movies. Um, it is a way of like, again, like the the Matilda thing, bring it to a kid's level. Like kids. Are obsessed with food and seeing something like that would yeah. would be like it's immediately normal for them yeah. it's, a, it's a touchstone exactly and they're able to kind of go oh okay cool and there's like that's why i prefer the the scene where they're having tea mm. because you, you've got gen- essentially a ghost a woman with a colossal head yes. and a kid sitting there and just having tea and it's all normal yes whereas earlier when they're when the, you know when, when you have the humans eating and turning into pigs that's you know what I mean. That, that's taking you out. Of it. Yes, absolutely. It's not. It's not the. It's not the the island of sanity in this crazy world. Like the other one is Castle in the Sky. There's a bit where um, shortly after they there's, they get chased. There's a chase sequence. He escaped to a mine, and they basically do egg sandwiches, which is a single fried egg over a big slab of, uh, of bread, mm. and then they eat the egg off at first, and then eat the bread, and it's just this whole thing of like eggs, 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 eggs everywhere. Even his son does it. So Goro Miyazaki does, um, also works for um, Ghibli, and he did a film called Up on Poppy Hill. Mm. And the start of that film is, it's set in like a boarding house, and the start of that film is breakfast being made. And it's ham, eggs, and cabbage on rice. But again, and there's a, even the song that goes with it when that scene's happening is a description of what's happening. Right? And it's, it's, it's a song that your woman's singing while she's doing it. Yeah. And it's, uh, and it's, but again, it's eggs. And I think it's because of the, everybody... Everybody knows the consistency of it, and there's different consistencies of, depending on how you prepare eggs. Yes. So, if you show a fried egg, if you show a boiled egg, people know straight away they're able to go, mm, but that's. Mm. And I think it because it's one of those food types that has different ways it can be prepared. People, it, it, it people can see it and picture the flavor or remember the yeah, flavor and the consistency that makes sense. a bit easier. Yeah. So, like you, the, the, but yeah. So the the Miyazaki stuff is very much like the way they do food. It is it is that almost M and S food porn. Yeah. Stuff. I. Uh, 
on the on the on the Studio Ghibli and music front, a friend of mine is a very talented uh, jazz musician, and he I went to his uh, a gig of his one time, and he it was him on stage with a um, a double bass and another lady, and she was she was singing and he was playing. And he had done an arrangement of the Ponyo theme song, Ponyo Ponyo da 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 da, like very chirpy. He did a free jazz version of it, and she was like scatting bubble noises, going blue 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 blue, and I was so delighted. And I've never been, you know, sometimes you tell a joke and one person laughs and nobody else does, and you're like, it's worth, it's nearly worth it more just to get one person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he was looking into the audience and like see your face is going, okay, this is interesting, and me absolutely ecstatic just going oh my god this is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my entire life <laughs> the um, the other film thing I just want to quickly mention is um, it's two actors mm. um, and one of them l- learned it from the other one or was taught it by f- from the other one is Brad Pitt and Robert Redford yes actually um, that's a good point they're constant eating yeah yeah so it's something that they, that they kind of insist on is that they're either eating or drinking in a lot of their scenes mm-hmm. Because it's so it's so uncommon in films, yet it's so natural to be talking to someone, and they have a small snack, a cup of coffee, a lollipop, uh, they're 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 eating a sandwich, whatever. So it was Robert Redford used to do it. Where if you look at a lot of the scenes in, I think it's all the President's Men. Anytime any of the scenes that are happening in the, or I think it's a bit it's something like two thirds of the scenes that happen in the Washington Post. It's him actually he's drinking coffee. Yeah. So people will ask him something, and he'll start the sentence and take a sip, and I go, mm. so, and then he'll he'll keep going. And there's a couple of other films that uh, he's done it in, and then Brad Pitt does it a lot. So uh, in Seven, the very first time he shows up, he's got so, the two coffees. No, 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 no. It's that. No, it's before that. So the, the the two coffees thing is the first time that they're going to investigate a John mm. Doe murder, but immediately before that, it's like his first day. He shows up at a scene where a wife has shot her husband. Um, after she, uh, after there was like a domestic, mm. and he he walks in to introduce himself, and he's like, it's, it sounds like a hard boiled sweet or something in his mouth. Ah, uh, right, right. And he's just he's got oh, Detective Mills, and he, and you can hear him like talking around the sweet, but it's not like chewing gum, and it's not yeah, yeah, like a, a lollipop or anything like that. He, and then he goes one further in the likes of Ocean's Eleven. In yeah. every single scene in Ocean's Eleven that he's in, he's eating. They, they even do it as a joke where at one point he's eating something and they cut away to another character. And when they cut back, he's now eating like a prawn cocktail. He's got something else in his hand yeah. where he's had time to yeah. finish what he was eating and start another thing. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it, it, it's, but that's the thing. It's, he's always eating. And it's, it, like I said, it's, it just makes, in, in a weird way, it makes you pay attention to what they're saying. Mm. It makes the performance seem more natural. Yes, because it's just a more natural thing to do. Obviously, like, like we're not eating right now because we're specifically recording a podcast. Yes, but there has been episodes where, like, we'll, have, we'll still have snacks and we'll be, yeah, when someone else is talking. One of us will slow, like quietly with, munch on something. With three people, it is and, actually very natural to be sitting talking to someone, drinking tea, eating popcorn, uh, or yeah, or like you know, like a couple of biscuits in between. Like, mm. it's it's a very natural thing to do when you just get a group of people around to just have a chat. Mm. So yeah. It, it, it's something that um, hey, what's your one? Um, I just real lions quick. for uh, la- lambs for lions or lions for lambs or something like that. Right. Which is the um, uh, the Robert Redford, Tom Cruise. Uh, what's your man's name? Garfield is in it as well, mm. and it's like an anti-war. I'm uh, not kind of an anti-Iraq war thing, but it's more just like a, a, a study of the different perspectives on the war. Mm. And um, there's. Again, it's like it's an early morning meeting between. It's three things happening at once. It's a, um, 
It's Tom Cruise's character being interviewed by... Christ, what's her name? She's the most Oscar-nominated actress in history. Meryl Streep? Yes, thank you. Can that fucking... I was... I had Glenn close to my head. Um, yeah, I can see. But yeah, so it's, it's, it's uh, Meryl Streep interviewing Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise plays a junior congressman, I think it is, or junior mm. senator. Um, and then it's uh, Robert Redford and Andrew Garfield's characters. Uh, Robert Redford is a professor and Andrew Garfield is one of his star students who's just kind of gotten lazy. Mm. And then there's two characters. One of them, um, his name, again, I'm blanking on. He's in Ant-Man. Paul Rudd? Latino guy. Oh, Very excited. Yeah, yeah. No. Uh, his Latino mate. I can't remember his name. He's been in loads of stuff and I normally know the name. It's just... <laughs> I think it's because I'm only at a bed about an hour and a half, so I just can't think of it. We're both, but, but it's we're both him starving. We're his friends. I'm looking. Yes, I'm, food deprived. I'm, look, I'm looking at myself on on the on the screen, and I'm turning into a ham myself. <laughs> <laughs> but the pair of them are um, two former students of Robert Redford's who are deployed on a mission by um, under a, like a, an incentive proposed, or are basically a new way, a new tactic proposed by and pushed through by Tom Cruise's character and how it intersects with all three of them mm. and there's a um, it, it's an interesting film it's not like a big action packed film there is like one or two combat scenes in it because there's you know two of the guys one third of the cast are soldiers um, but a lot of it is like dialogue discussion um, it, it, it's almost a very kind of like philosophical film in a way yeah um, but because the early morning meeting with there's the early morning meeting between uh, Robert Redford's character and Andrew Garfield's. So it's first thing in the morning, sort of drinking coffee, um, and then I think as well that there's like um, Tom Cruise eats something at one point because it's like lunchtime for him because they're opposite sides of the country. So this is, is again, it, is it's the idea that, of like, is the idea that this is all supposed to be contained within like a day? Yeah, uh, simultaneous. So it's completely simultaneous. So I, I like the, the three I, things are happening. So it's like nighttime in Afghanistan, right. where the two soldiers are. It's early afternoon in Washington DC where the center and then on it's the it's the West Coast College yeah. is where it's morning. And it's it, it's done in such a way that it's all happening simultaneously and it's the it's literally like the two uh, the two sides of the argument and then what's ac- and the people actually affected right, right. by it. And it's um I, I like it's, but the thing is it's directed by Robert Redford. So I'm wondering because there's food happening in more than one scene I'm like is was this something he'd said to the others? By the way, do this. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just a good example. I think just Robert Redford does it a bit, but Brad Pitt has taken it up a lot as well. He, he there's a lot of uh, you'll notice interesting scenes and stuff where he'll be munching on something, and it, and I kind of apologize because like the blue, the blue and orange film posters in the Wilhelm yeah. screen. Now that I've pointed it out to people, they will notice it more. It's uh, it, because it's not just eating with uh, Brad Pitt now. It's like an oral fixation, and there's a scene in Moneyball where he's licking his fingers to turn a page, and he licks his fingers at every time. I'm just staring at his mouth going, why? Why do you always have to have your mouth <laughs> fucking doing something? I can't concentrate. Yeah. Delightful mouth. There's, there's tons of bits in Seven as well where they're drinking. Yes. There are. So there's the whole thing where they're like, um, where they're in his apartment after he gets invited, after he, uh, Morgan Freeman's character, Detective Somerset, yeah. Somerset gets invited over. He, they're, they're, they're eating and they're drinking. He gives him a, there's, a, there's a lovely joke there where he asks for, he's like, I'm going to get a beer or anything. And he goes, oh, wine. Uh, for, um, Morgan Freeman's wine, character, please, yeah. and he goes off, and you watch Brad Pitt pour a tall boy of wine, like what must be yeah. four glasses of wine into this tall tumbler, 
It's so, he's but he, like, he just like, Elvis, like, he's like, of course you want quantity. Like, that's how you impress someone. He brings it over. Well, and no, 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 it's, it, it's a hundred percent the whole thing of like, you know, it, it's telling you something about the character. Yeah, that whole scene so good. is telling you about David Mills's character. The scene opening, the film opens with, um, Detective William Somerset, Morgan Freeman. Yeah. And it goes through his whole routine, getting up in the morning, all the rest. There's also the, um, after he does his first investigation mm. and he goes home and there's the going to bed thing and selling the metronome to try and drown out the, like to focus on to drown out the noise yep. of all the crime and just how shit the city is outside. And then um, when you, when he gets invited home for lunch or for dinner uh, by um, Tracy, yes. uh, David Mills' wife. And they go back there, and then he goes in, and he's like playing with the dogs. Yeah, yeah. And it's to show you, he's just he's just a kind of a like he might have come off as a bit of a dick at the start, which he's meant to. Yeah, it's yeah. Meant to be from, it's meant to be from Somerset's perspective at the start, and he comes off as a bit of a dick. But then he, it's like no, he's actually just kind of an all right down to earth guy. He's a little it's bit of a playing with a little dogs, bit of a country rube about him as well. Like he's a, he's yeah, he, he wants to be part of the city, York, but like, he's not. he's not quite yet. Yeah, so there's this whole like uh, you know playing just like gleefully playing with the dogs, and he's mm. rolling over with them, and he's messing with them, and then there's the whole like when he goes to pour wine, he has no idea of the proper size of a glass of wine, so he just like he's like yeah, this is about right because what you do with beer, right? Yeah. And like it's it's just meant to be this all kind of like he's not sophisticated, he's an he's a, just a, he's a simple guy with a simple idea, and it, like and then there's the whole speech that he gives later on where he like. Uh, Somerset's like, oh, you think you can make a difference? He's like, yeah, I do believe I can. And, mm. he, and he's like, you know, and and it's that it's that whole thing of like, no, this is actually a likable character. But I like the way it's not. He wasn't introduced as a. Yeah. You have to like this guy. It's it's more kind of like, yeah. At first glance, he might appear to be an asshole, but he's actually really genuine. Yeah. And I, you know, but but yeah, it, the, the the wine thing. Yeah, it's just the the payoff is so the lovely. Where they're so deep in conversation. Uh, Somerset doesn't notice Mills put it down, and then the house starts rattling with the train going past, and he picks it up to make sure it doesn't fall over. And he just and he stares at it. it. Like, there's a, before that cut, <laughs> he really gives it a good look. Like, what am I looking yeah. at here? Yeah. Um, I also just realized as well, the film Meet Joe Black, I'm nearly certain there's a, film, there's a scene in that. So at the start where uh, Brad Pitt's character meets um, the main Anthony Hopkins. Lead, oh, no, they, sorry, yeah. They meet in a diner. But then he leaves, gets knocked down, and gets killed. But then when, when death has taken over the body, and there's a bit where they're like they're eating and he just kind of looks at the food weirdly and I thought that was a really nice <laughs> nod to all the stuff he's done oh that's quite good and it was just kind of like yeah okay I like that uh, so yeah, th- those are my kind of like two film things I know it's not a specific film it's more kind of it's a few of them but it's like uh, uh, just spotting the pattern mm, of the treatment of food yeah. by both a director and actors like uh, um, for games what's your games any games uh, yeah we could do games next uh, for games uh, I'll I'll do I'll do my notable tropables again. <laughs> oh God! Okay. Yeah, uh, I mean the the really the really kind of uh, long term from the early days of games tropes for food is first of all food is health, like that is yes. in games food yes. is health. That's what it is. Uh, and my favorite thing is improbably located food, which is you're you're going around dungeons or you knock over a dustbin in in uh, Streets of Rage. Streets of Rage. A, there's a full yeah. turkey like. It's the roast chicken. It's the roast it's chicken. The roast chicken yeah. And uh, in Skyrim, you're like going down and the Draugr are there. They're, you know, uh, all these zombies are coming out of cobweb-filled things. And then you find a barrel with a full apple pie in it. <laughs> you're, yeah. You're like, what the <laughs> fuck? Um, yeah, the, 
that was something I had noticed myself. I just have a note here on my thing that just says games dash twenty eight cheese wheels. Yes, this is that uh, this is the, the famous Skyrim comic thing where it's like, <laughs> and then what did the dragonborn do? And then it's, then he stopped and he twenty uh, paused the fight with the dragon and ate twenty eight cheese wheels. Wow! To regain his health. My father told me <laughs> stories of you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, it's something you kind of brought up with the Studio Ghibli stuff, and I'll talk about it again with the the TV shows. But uh, there's a very Western. Uh, Eastern divide as to how food is shown, and I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of of the opinion that the Western for, for for Western food it's a it's a class thing. It's very much you're making a note of it either because this person is classy and they're they're they've got something beautiful and amazing and rich and expensive looking and it's foodborne, or else it's a way to really kind of do a comedy thing and saying they're a trashy kind of individual who's like really terrible food. Um, mm. And that's that's a very Western thing, but in the East, it's it food is kind of sought after. It's uh, in anime and stuff. They've got the the character who always loves to eat. Like he's he can never be satiated. It's usually a very skinny character, well, which is the joke. Um, so it it's nearly held in high regard. So games like Zelda Breath of the Wild and Final Fantasy Fifteen, both of which I haven't played, um, they have okay. they have ridiculous. Like I know so much about the food in those games, despite not having played them. I've seen people recreating the food. I've seen people do okay. those loving shots of the the little monster cupcakes from Breath of the Wild, or from the the um, rack of rib, of um, lamb uh, rack of lamb from uh, Final Fantasy. I've seen them; they look amazing. The point is, you go around collecting these recipes, and it's not a forgettable little side game. It is a big part of it. Um, so it's really it's really really interesting to see the way Japanese uh, games address that. So then for my actual one, and as a kind of sneaky roundabout way of doing Twin Peaks without doing Twin Peaks, uh, I'm going to talk about Deadly Premonition. Okay. Which is... <laughs> a, it's a, An old favourite here. Yes, absolutely. Stuff, yeah. It's either a survival horror game or a surreal detective melodrama, depending on how you play it. I, like, I don't remember it being a survival horror at all. I think I had those two fights in the entire game I played. Um, but there's a scene in it where the main character, Francis uh, York Morgan, the FBI agent, is sitting in a diner and they're talking about food uh, and the, the, his partner is the local sheriff, this lady who is the anime character who can't be satiated. And he's like, get whatever you want, it's on the FBI. And she goes, in that case, I'll have a T-bone steak for breakfast. Um, and uh, a character comes in who's a man in a wheelchair who's the local millionaire who's wearing a gas mask and cannot speak but has a carer who is a sharp set dressed man who comes in and speaks for him uh oh man this is going to be so t this is a, sounds so mental to try and describe the, no no, no go, go nuts yeah fill your boots on this go yeah on. and uh, a very sharp dressed man who can only speak in rhyming couplets uh orders uh, a sandwich for this man which is roast turkey strawberry jam and breakfast cereal i think it's cornflakes and uh francis york morgan uh turns to him and like very deliberately goes sounds like the sinner's sandwich sounds like you're trying to punish yourself to atone for past sins and like there's absolutely nothing to suggest this he doesn't know this character it's the weirdest piece of dialogue uh and then they the carer very sharp dressed man insists he tries it and he goes i feel like i wouldn't like it and he's like i feel like an fbi agent who completely goes on intuition isn't a very good fbi agent <laughs> And they're having this weird rally of, like, the minds, which is just so completely insane. And it ends with, once they leave, 
the FBI guy trying this, getting the sandwich, trying it, and deciding it's the best sandwich he's ever had, and that he's been completely wrong. And apparently, now, I want, I want to know, I want to know. Have you tried it? No, I haven't, but I will. For okay. as as a little add-on, for something for the Dystropia um, uh, YouTube channel, I will make the sandwich and eat it as a little um, <laughs> as a little add-on to this episode. Because now that I'm thinking about it, I would totally eat that. <laughs> Because I'm wondering if this is like the thing in a in intermission where a lot of people ended up putting like brown sauce in their, their tea. tea afterwards. Apparently, to try a lot of people have done have made this particular sandwich, and they're saying that honestly, it's like turkey and cranberry, like the the jam works, and there's a little bit of a crunch to it, and they're all kind of eating it, going, "There's something here. There's absolutely something here." <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. But that it is a game that is uh, uniquely weird in that it, is, it has all the Japanese sense. The Japanese made game has all the Japanese sensibilities of holding food in revelry and it's not like food is its own reward it's this awesome thing that you want but it's also got that western thing of it's either to show a character is trashy and terrible and they're eating like Cheez-Its and uh, like in 30 Rock they're wrapping a pizza around something else and eating it to show that they're like the trashy character um, but it's all like it's it's such a it's such a weird mix and uh, I would absolutely recommend going online and watching any clips from deadly premonition there you don't need context everything even playing the game everything seems feels like it's out of context fair enough interesting mm. yeah i mean my, my own game ones were like i, I specifically like i had mentioned the 28 cheese wheels and i was going to bring that up yeah. what you said about going into a dungeon <laughs> that like hadn't been opened in 500 years and you go in and it's like oh look fresh cheese <laughs> and apples and just... <laughs> it was milk when it when they closed the dungeon and now it's fresh cheese <laughs> And and the fact that like all the lights work like, yeah, this torch has been burning for thousands of years. But if I pick all that if I pick it up, it only lasts uh, an hour. There you go. Yes, yeah. I, I mean, like stuff like that, I always found to be pretty funny. Um, just in, in in its approach, I thought it was quite a. I like you said, yeah, food is health, and mm. I, I I think it was originally just conve- done that way because it was one of the easiest things for them to to draw. Yeah. You know what I mean? That was a universal thing. What is universally recognized? The shape of food. Mm. The shape of a chicken is distinct everywhere around the world. Everybody knows what a plucked and cooked bird looks like. So you can show it. So, yeah, it, it, it's kind of weird. The in um, Part of the, one of the ones I kind of just want to point it out was, um, and it's, it's happened in other games, but I think in uh, probably the one I know the best, um, in World of Warcraft they use it, where food is a buff mechanic. Right. So food is a perfection in that game that you can level up. And every time, every time a new expansion comes in, they go, here is a new level cap on and your profession. You so get winter cookies or something. I've actually seen people make those. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's for an event every year. But there's like, there will be, there, it's not so, it doesn't happen as much now, but there used to be a case of the food books were so good that you would have to spend an amount of time each week. If you were a hardcore raider and you were like, <laughs> we're trying to get these bosses down, you'd have to spend an amount of time each week gathering the materials or just buying them in the auction house, gathering the materials to cook certain foods. And different classes had certain foods that they wanted based on what buffs they gave. Right. And it was literally, it was, the buff was called well fed. And it was this whole thing of like, I actually kind of liked that, that it was a case of no, like, if you eat well, you will feel better. Mm. Not that if you just eat whatever, because most of the food you could like, you pick it up in droves and you eat it, and it just kind of it will again it restores your health. But this gives you a permanent, uh, like an, a buff, a temporary buff for like an hour to to one of your stats. And it was like, and then introduced this concept of feasts. And feasts were harder to create, but when you put a feast down, there was enough for everyone in the raid. Oh, fantastic! 
So it was a real kind of like, oh, no, no, I got this, guys. I made some feasts. And everyone's like, oh, nice one, thank you. Because it used to be so hard to make them. Yeah, yeah. It was so awkward to get all the materials. So people actually would be like, oh, thanks, nice one. Someone brought a feast. And it was this, it was this really weird reflection of like, I think part of That's, it was because a lot of people yeah. used, like, well, it became a social circle for them more than anything else. Yeah, absolutely. So this whole thing of like, oh, yeah, no, but I got food for everyone. And it's like, like that, I, I just love the way that like, people used to react. I just, <laughs> like, like I said, it's not so much let nowadays because the, the very nature of how people play the game has changed over the years. There's still those kind of hardcore raiding groups and massively active guilds, but they're not as common. Yeah. Um, a lot of people kind of, they use it as a game to kind of dip in and out of for a lot of people. And it's a lot like, there's less dependency on guilds. It used to be constantly focused around that because like I said, the social aspect and you, you, like, you knew everyone in your guild mm. and have regular meetups. Like we used to have meetups back in, in, in Dublin where people would fly in from all over Europe right, from right. my guild and we'd all go to a, we'd all have like a house party or we'd go out for beers or it'd be a barbecue or something hmm. so like did, there was um, there is a, like there was a social element and this was kind of like allowing the social element to go back into game oh, yeah. I didn't, it wasn't I didn't just know that I can cast this spell and everyone gets a buff it was something that like you have to put down and everyone has to go over and interact with yeah, yeah. and they sit down on the ground and their character eats <laughs> So it was just it was a really nice little touch to it, like I found. There's something that I, um, I never played WoW, but that's there's something really nice about the idea that someone would put food out like that and you've done someone such a solid. Like, oh man, fantastic. Like this yeah. is the the best. Yeah, but that, particularly with the feasts. Like that's, yeah. that, that was just something I thought was quite good because it was it was it was Blizzard recognizing the social aspect of the game mm. and coming up with just a small kind of and pun intended, a flavorful thing for the, how they would implement a mechanic <laughs> that would then loop back in on the social aspect of it in, in, in a way. Mm. The other thing they do in WoW is the alcohol. Yeah. So you can get, your character can get drunk in WoW. And when, you, when it gets drunk, you drink alcohol, and there's like weak alcoholic beverages, strong alcoholic beverages, very strong alcohol. And when you mouse over them, it'll tell you what they are. Right. And when you drink them, your character will get, will get drunk. The screen will go blurry. Usually the screen edges are first, and then it moves f closer and towards the center. If you press just directly forward and don't press left or right or anything, your character will start weaving and walking yeah. into walls, walking in circles. And enemy levels go down. It gives you Dutch courage. <laughs> so, That's fantastic. So something that you couldn't normally kill, the number starts ticking down the more drunk you get. And you're like, oh, this is the same level as me. It's fine. I can take that out. You really can't. Oh, uh, um, so good. We'll, so we'll, little, I'm sure little, we'll do an entire the, episode on alcohol at some point, but there's, a, there's been loads of games that actually do nice little touches like that. Yeah, and it's it's just like because you know food and drink is kind of the way I look at it. Mm. The other game I kind of just wanted to mention in terms of, it kind of, I think of it approached, or it, it changed the approach to cooking. And I know a lot of people who actually got more into cooking because of it was Cooking Mama. Yeah, I never played that. It was actually good. It was all right. It wasn't amazing, but mm. it was for a lot of people the fact that it was they were playing this game that they were feeling the reward of cooking stuff, and they were like, actually, I kind of want to try that, and I kind of want to, okay. And there was a few people I know who had never tried certain foods before they actually used them in Cooking Mom and they're like, it actually looks kind of nice. Mm. Mm, I might try that. And then there's people I know who were like, and I actually want to learn how to cook properly. I want to, I want to do this now. I don't want to just be, why am I doing this on a DS when I can be doing it in real life? <laughs> yeah. It and it was, but it was interesting that it was just, again, it was just one of those ideas. It was so this, fucking this, Nintendo doing what Nintendo does where they go, well, let's make a game about cooking. And they're like, great, what is it? Is it like, is it a race against the time? Is it, a, is it anything like, no, no, it's a cooking simulator. And they're like, Okay, I don't see how people will like this. It's, like, it's fine. Nintendo's going to do it. All right, it'll be grand. Yeah, it's it's just the the way they do that, and they've also done like a gardening mom and stuff like that as well, where they just take a, a simple thing, and obviously they they 
what? time wise they they strip stuff down and they and like can i just say what an been, insult you must it must feel like if you are actually someone's mom and you're sitting there and you're going what are you doing i'm playing cooking mama you're like i'm your literal mother cooking for you go cook me something if you're literally sitting yeah. playing a game go cook right now yeah yeah the, the, uh, the, i used to get given out to at home it was the whole thing of like you don't know how to cook and it's like i do know how to cook i just don't like cooking um, no, 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 you don't, you don't have to cook, you don't have to cook. We got this for years off my mother, up mm. until it was like 20, 29. And my dad would be like, oh, you need to know how to cook. And there was one weekend, my mom went away with my, my aunts, and uh, myself and my dad were in the house. So I went, back, I went back to live with my parents when I went to college, for anyone listening. Mm. I wasn't living there until I was 27. Like, I, I moved out at like 21 or 22, yeah. and then went back to, to study in college, so I didn't have to work full-time, pay for a house and all the rest. Um, but when I was there, it was, uh, yeah, and one of my friends was living around the corner. And he comes around one day. We're all just kind of sitting there chatting in the house. And one of the lads is like, what are we going to do for dinner? And my mate turns to me and what are we going to do for dinner? And I was like, hang on a minute. And I went over and I just rooted through the fridge. Because it wasn't ours going out. It was raining or something. I was like, oh, fuck, going out. And I went through the and I was like, ah, oh, all right, I'll cook us a stir fry. And they're like, all right, grand. And I cooked the stir fry. And, and the lads are like, that's unreal. And I'm like, yeah, I know how to cook. Like, There's a friend of mine, Sean, that I grew up with. He's been my best mate all the way through um, secondary school. Basically, I've known him since like sixth class. And me and him were like thick as thieves all through secondary school. Yeah. And you know, still in contact with him. He's a really good guy, very funny guy, and he's like. Uh, but he learned to cook at the age of like seven. Mm. So growing up around him, when we go back to his house, I'd be he'd be cooking. He used to cook the dinner for the families at the age of twelve because he mm. loved cooking. He adored cooking. He came second in Ireland in an All Ireland Cookery Contest oh, and nice. stuff like this. So he taught me a ton of stuff just by like by proxy. I learned a lot of stuff about cooking from. Him. So uh, yeah, and then so like I basically was like, yeah, no, I'll cook, and I cooked from my dad and my mate and they were like this is unreal and then the next day my mate comes back around he's like you cooking again I'm like yeah I'm going to do, I'm gonna do uh, uh, chili this time and I did chili and they were like this is phenomenal <laughs> and then my mom comes home and she's like what did you do for dinner and my dad's like yeah, yeah dad cooked and my mom's like what like, yeah it was really nice really nice like, and my mom's like you did it when I wasn't here and I'm like well, it's not my fault and like it's it's something of, I, I know how to cook I just I, I, the thing is I don't cook for myself I hate cooking for myself yeah because if it's just for me I don't see the point of putting all this effort when I will be perfectly happy with a sandwich. I, you know what I mean? I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I know it's worse for me and I know it's this whole thing of like, I should make the effort. Yeah. But I'm going to have to make all this food. I'm going to have to, I prepare it, I cook it, I eat it. I have to clean it all yeah, up. Yeah. That's at least an hour of my time for something when I can just go and for, when you're cooking for one person, I could cook it and save the food and then reheat it. And I get, and I'm not that type of person who'll eat the same thing like two or three nights in a row unless so, it's something I really, really like. So, I, so I'm more likely to just cook one and then I'm like, I've got the second one and it just sits in the fridge yeah. for two days and then I throw it out. I, I could, so I, it's cheaper for me in the, in the long term to just buy it. Particularly over here. The cost of food here is unreal. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you saw. I, so I, I posted something on my personal Facebook and there's a shop near me, a shopping center and there's a food court in the, in the basement mm. and it's huge. There's like... There's like a Dunkin' Donuts, there's a Krispy Kreme, there's a KFC, a Burger King, all this thing. KFC over here is unreal, by the way, because it's really? a hell of a lot spicier. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's that a great. flavor. It's much spicier. It's, the chicken just tastes more succulent. It's like, it's great. Um, but then there's like a load of like, um, there's uh, ramen places mm. and there's a place that just specializes in gyoza. And um, like should I was in there and we had a... Should I just apologize like a, to whoever's like listening to this? And he's a little bit hungry. And it was like, ah, I'll, I'll, listen, I'll get lunch a little bit later. And they're just salivating now while we're talking about this. Yeah, so I know I'm going off a bit of a tangent here as well. But it's like, they, so like, there's a place near, uh, near here. So we went into it the other day. 
and we got I got like a um, I got a pork uh, a pork ramen and a um, it was a, a chicken gyoza mm. with che- with melted cheese across all of them so you got like eight of them and it was cheese melted across the whole lot but then there was cod roe mm. the cod roe sauce over the whole thing and I think the whole thing came to maybe something upsetting um, I think the whole thing was maybe a tenner Jesus um, but there's a, there's a there's a place you can, one area of the court you can go in and there's a card you get topped up and then there's maybe like 10 or 15 hatches and each of the hatches has like between 3 and 6 dishes yeah, so yeah. you just go up and go I want that dish and then they just tap the card yep. that's it and it's done in like 2-3 minutes so it was like 150 uh, 140 150 for like I'm, sh- I'm shaking my head here in, in, uh, <laughs> how dare you how dare you sir yeah, so, so but that's the thing. Like, I I would rather do that than cook for myself. But I know how to cook, and, and I thought cooking mom it was interesting seeing people mm, go through the same it. thing of like you know I actually I want to learn how to cook now, uh, which I think is interesting because I think it's something that like for all the stupid stuff that Nintendo has come out with because they do do a lot of stupid yeah, stuff as well as doing a lot of great stuff like that and then stuff like Wii Fit where on Wii Sports where people were trying stuff out and were actually like, I actually want to learn how to do this it, uh, it actually put some which was, I thought was interesting it like. put some words into people's terminology that kind of got them started on a track to, to work with some stuff because mm. they had yeah. we, my brother is already into fitness and stuff like that he's a, he's a um, soccer coach over in the States but I remember him getting Wii Fit and doing every single exercise including all the meditation ones and things like that and uh, it got like it genuinely got him into stuff that he wouldn't have been doing before um, and same as that, I was like doing balance exercises that I was like, I, I've only ever trained for strength or stamina. I've never trained for balance. Uh, mm. it's su- it was super interesting. Yeah, I just it's. I thought it was quite interesting. It was it was a, it was almost a gateway game mm. for a lot of people. So, um, but like I said, it's uh, the majority. Like I said, it's a it's a prop in a lot yeah. of stuff in a lot of games more so than any other medium. It is very much you eat this and you gain X health back. Yeah, it's it's a so, it's a shorthand for this. Yeah, good thing for your character. Here you go. It's either a buff or health or something. Yeah, yeah, but uh, like like I said, with, with World of Warcraft, they actually had like a they they put some effort into the visual and how it wasn't mm. just your character just went like hand to mouth and then done. It was you sat down around this feast and everyone ate and everyone got to like you know on that so that 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 type of stuff I thought was quite good on the on the subject of kind of cooking ourselves uh, my mum's family used to own a hotel so I'm from a hotel family uh, and every my mum and every single one of my aunts could cook the exact same chicken soup because they made it in industrial quantities like they just everyone came up through the hotel everyone learned the exact same. uh, recipe yeah. and I learned it as well which means that one day I was like feeling a little bit sick and I was like I'll make some chicken soup I went out and bought the ingredients and made it I was just eating it going this is exactly the Highland Central Hotel chicken soup I've just absorbed the recipe <laughs> I was eating it going this is 100% it I've just like I, was, I grew up in the hotel running around they'd put me sitting up on big steel tables and give me bits of food and stuff like that I was like clearly this just came in through sheer osmosis I'm just wondering, when you said that you went out and got the ingredients, because you'd mentioned industrial quantities, I thought you said you made it and you realised you had seven I, gallons of the stuff. I genuinely like, did. Shit. I made it. Like, there's some still frozen in the in the freezer where I, when I make, I can eat the same thing four days in a row. <laughs> so I will be eating it and then, like, have it for lunch the next day with some rice or something and then it becomes a sauce. and like, trying to do stuff with it every day and I'm just looking at it going, oh my God, what have I done? <laughs> uh, okay. We did, when, when, my, um, when my granny died, she used to make stuffing for Christmas and stuff like that. Uh, we had... We found probably 
eight bricks of stuffing just in the back of her freezer where she'd been making it and like got someone to bring it down from the hotel and it was like this is a year after she was di- she died and we were like yeah it's still in there we still we need to start chipping away at this mental yeah uh what would you go for uh tv uh for tv yeah I, i'm having brought up that point of kind of um the western eastern thing um in the west uh i do like the idea that there's always really really trashy food so in the simpsons as i said they've got the moon waffle and skittle brow mm. and things like that um I re- it's, it's not, and that's the thing. Skittle brow is the amateur version. It's skittle vodka. Is skittle vodka is where it's at. As you said before, take out the green ones. Yeah, you put the green ones in a separate one. That's your Paddy's Day drink. <laughs> you stick the other. You stick the other four. Plus the lime is too kind of bitter. Yeah. You put the other four. No butter. There you go. Uh, and similar. I'll do. I'll do. I'll do a special on how to make skittle vodka for people. There you go. When we do our alcohol episode, finally. Uh, yeah. And then uh, it's I think probably most pronounced in Always Sunny in Philadelphia where they've got rum ham and uh, milk steak, and they keep mentioning all these foods that just, yeah, yeah, yeah. That just makes them the trash, a riot juice, which is grain alcohol, and what must be just Gatorade. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> it's so, there's so, they're the worst people on earth. Like the idea of soaking a, a ham in rum so that you can then it can try to get drunk in places that you're not supposed to be getting drunk. Well, to be fair, like that, that 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 used to be how I described It's Always Sunny. So I, I, uh, It's Always Sunny was going maybe two or three seasons when I found out about it, and mm. it was still not really known over here. It was one of my friends came to me with it, like downloaded and went, "You have to watch this." Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, "Why?" And he's like, "Just trust me, you have to watch this." And I'm like, and I was watching it, and I was like, "This this show is unreal." And I'm trying to explain it to people, and they're like, "What's it about?" And I was like. So you know the way there's always one horrible person in a group on TV? Yeah. And they're like, yeah. And it's like, right, this group only has horrible people. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, and they take every moment to the point where, it like, to about, like, 30 seconds past the point where it started being awkward. Yeah. Oh, it's and so good. Like, I, right. And I'm like, trust me, it works. And they're like, oh, okay. I, but yeah, the, the, the food is a big sign. Of that. I didn't think of that before. Uh, but it, it's, such a, it's such a big part of Charlie's character that his food is mm. always... Like, he takes completely fine food and always manages to do something fucking horrible with it. Like, he's mm. he's telling... He's uh, shouting at uh, Frank because you don't put peanut butter onto the... Like, the thing he's cooking on a skillet until after you flipped it or something like that. Like, it's all this really horrible stuff. And he's adamant that his favourite food is milk steak. And they never quite explain what that is. No, but, but it's, it, yeah, like, it's worrying. You're, in your mind, you're like, oh, it's just, you can't. Whatever you think you're doing. And again, it's one where... <laughs> The guy uh, binging with Babish does a special on it, where he tries to recreate absolutely everything, and then do a palatable version. So like he's try he try he makes a rum ham, and then he makes a lovely ham with like a rum sauce, and it like milk steak. Watching him boil a steak in milk, it's like oh, it's. it's See, ex- I don't I don't think that's what it'd be. I actually I, I just occurred to me there. I think it would be frying the steak right. in like coconut milk. That was yeah. It sounds lovely. It's there's a way to make this work. That's um, the thing. It's like, mm, yeah, okay, coconut milk. That might be it. That uh, might be the trick. And it's it's always it's always such a fun one. Again, Thirty Rock is great. Where it's all Liz Lemon's always eating horrible foods or like knockoff Cheez-Its or she eats super quickly like a really expensive steak to show she's like a kind of trashy person. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then the complete opposite of that because again in in I keep saying this Eastern Western thing in the West they kind of assume you have food. It's not you're not stuck for food. Food isn't like the reward at the end of something. So it's it's used as a, a fashion accessory nearly. Uh, yeah. The complete opposite would be something like Hannibal, which I was kind of, I was 
a little afraid that you'd pick that one, so I can I can leave that one to you. But it, uh, I actually didn't because did we talked about it before. Okay. But it's because uh, because it's come up in a previous episode. I was like, I don't want to talk about ham animals use of food. Then I'll so. I'll just talk about it in terms of pure visuals. Then because like the the yeah, yeah, the yeah. the idea of something like milk steak where you, you you hear it and it just conjures up something. You're like, oh god, and rum ham. It looks so sad and like it's falling apart by the end of the episode. Uh, and then completely contrasting that with Hannibal, which is beautiful. I, ha- I was reading an article just about their the person who does it is called their food stylist. And I think that's a really good term for what they do. It, it is like set dressing. It's this beautiful, you're, you're saying food is a prop. It is that. Mm. Um, it's an extension of the Hannibal character. And it's an extension, like it's him and his house and his food all create this sort of layer that he, he lives within. Um, and I've never seen... Uh, a show do it so well where they use dark colors so well yes like it's, it's like it's almost purples yes and blues it's that and like really dark greens it is that it's that fig purple it's that really like yeah. and he's got the wall of plants which is so beautiful and weird and i can i can see in there some uh sage and parsley and some some like that's where he grows his um his his seasonings and his, his spices and his herbs and stuff uh and it's um i really i do like uh, um, oh, I like I like the old kind of Dutch masters and the Flemish uh, artists who do really like they'll do food against a black background and it's it's in shadow and it means that then if there's red or orange it cuts through the shadow and it does that and they never quite did it on the Hannibal where they had like bright red like a uh, um, a no, blood no, no, streak. Blood, like even when you see blood in that, it's always like dark. Water. Yeah, exactly. They, they don't they don't do bright blood. It's just not. It's not their thing. It's such. But they, when the whole co- the whole color palette for that show is. Um, it's 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 almost like when you take a song and turn it into a minor key. Yes, it's, everything much. is a dark muted color. Like you will still get like golds, but they're real dark golds. Mm. And everybody dresses in like dark greens, dark blues. It, even Lawrence Fishburne's character, like there's, um, I think it's the first. Like every so often, you'll see him in like a, a almost a wine purple shirt, yeah, and stuff like that. So it's it it is very much a, um, uh, it's the the color palette. Everything is meant to look almost. It's that it's on the verge of being, um, monotone and kind of bleak. No, bleak it's, and... Uh, almost. Yeah, it's 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 balancing the edge between bleak and like interesting but there's a, there it's is a, a richness it's like the color the whole color the whole color design of that of that show is unreal mm. but it's and the way that they apply it to the food yeah everything's presented on slate or on a dark i think kind of i think part of it as well is if you think of it this way right so normally when you're when when raw meat or flesh is depl- depicted in mm. tv and film it's bright red yep and then when it's cooked it's a, like a seared brown mm. whereas they depict it uh, on the more muted colors, so they're closer. It's a muted mm. pinkish red, and then it's a when it's cooked, it's like a purplish red, mm. and it's so it's closer to looking raw, almost. Yeah, with the foods. So I think I think it's the, again, it's that it's that whole uncertainty thing of is he actually cooking someone in the scene? Yeah, it's never explicitly said. Yeah, and then there's even the one thing when they take some samples. And test them, and there's nothing in them. After yep. a season and a half of you thinking he is cooking people in the scene, yeah, it's so. Like, that's what I love about it. Like it, it is so good for that. Uh, yeah, it's uh, and you saying that the the blood is wine is such a nice little touch there as well. Where it is, he's mm. he enjoys his wine. He he ignores the person he's sitting with for a second 
whenever he brings wine to his uh, to his face and he smells it and he drinks from it. And well, he does. He doesn't ignore him. He's always listening. That's the whole mm. point: is that he's a listener. He is always listening. And um, there's a big thing in that fi- in that series as well with sound. Sound is a big mm. part of that series, and like how he moves silently. Whenever you see him prowling, they don't show it too often. But whenever you see him prowling, he makes no sound. Mm. And it's because he like Mads Mikkelsen is a big guy, and he's physically like bi- built as well. Like, and he's able to move with no sound in that. And it's you know like the, I know that the it's that can be controlled and all the rest, but it's emphasized yeah, yeah. that even when they're when they're mo- when they're moving through a scene, you, if you listen for the footsteps, often you don't hear his. Yeah, that's really interesting. When they're just walking around, like you'll like other like when he takes over Will Graham's role in the second season, when like he's helping them investigate stuff. Yeah, and they walk in somewhere, and his footsteps will always be quieter than everyone else's because mm. it's that whole it's that whole predator thing. It's really interesting. So I, I've watched I've watched and studied that series far too much. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly the kind of series that's quite worrying to watch and study far too much. But anyway, and then when I say I don't cook for myself, you're suddenly reassured. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. What was but, your uh, What was your TV offering? I was well, yeah. So the first thing was just that 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 particular SpongeBob thing. So there is a moment in SpongeBob where Squidward is standing behind <laughs> the the counter in the in the Krusty Krab, and a guy comes in. And he's like, and I have the quote here, I'll take a double, triple, bossy deluxe on a raft, four by four animal style, extra shingles with a shimmy and a squeeze, light axle grease, make it cry, burn it and let it swim. So do do the first two again. Double, triple. I'll take a double, triple, bossy deluxe on a raft. Okay, so it's on a raft. Uh, so it's six patties. I'm going to see if I can yes. decode this. On a ra- So double, triple. Yeah. Double, triple. Yeah. Is six patties. Bossy deluxe. I don't know that one. So bossy is all beef. Okay. And deluxe is everything on it. Okay. On a raft. On a raft would be something to do with seafood? On seaweed? No, it's toast. It's toast instead of the burger Okay, buns. interesting. Four by four. So is that adding cheese? No, you take everything I've just said and you quadruple it. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> but but you add cheese as well, so that's twenty four patties with another twenty four slices of cheese. Right, fantastic. Animal style. Uh, in a bowl. Anim- uh, no, the the meat is cooked in mustard. Oh yes, I've seen that. Uh, I've seen guys make that okay. the smash burgers with mustard. That's amazing. Yeah, uh, extra shingles. Chips or oh um, pickles. No, double double the toast. Okay. Uh, with a shimmy. Some sauce. Jelly. All right. Okay, weird. Jelly spread in the toast. American jelly. Yeah. So jam. Yeah. Um, and a squeeze. That's a sauce of some description. That's ketchup. No, it's, an, uh, it's orange juice drink. Oh, right. So that's him over on the side. That's great. Yeah. Light axle grease. Uh, I'm going to say you take the grease out of the, um, the, the cooker and you just slap a bit of it on top. No, you butter the toast. Light butter the toast. Go on. <laughs> um, Make it cry. Onions. Yeah. Cool. Extra onions. Burn it. Burn it. Just overcook it. Uh, well, the patties are well done. Okay. And then, and let it swim is extra special sauce. I I did all right, I think, on that one. So you got you got the gist of it. You kind of yeah. went off the rails a bit at the end, but you got yeah. the gist. Of it. But yeah. So and and and, and Squidward's appropriate response is, "We sell food here, sir." So I, <laughs> that was just something I wanted to mention. But no, um, for TV, it's actually 
I found I just was kind of again it's like the treatment of it I find it interesting how in a lot of TV shows food locations are a central location they're a food yeah that's a good point um, food orientated um, but the cast has never seen eaten mm. or they've just finished when someone walks in or are just about to start so if you look at Friends they have Central Park Seinfeld they have the diner yeah a lot of soaps, they have a cafe somewhere in them. Or, um, yeah, they've usually a cafe and then they have a bar. And then the bar, obviously, people can drink and it's fine. But we also notice that when people are talking, it might start with one person finishing a, a mouthful of their drink while the other person starts talking. And then neither of them will take a drink. And then they punctuate the end of the scene by starting to drink. Yeah. Or, again, with the food, they will finish the food and then they won't or they'll be about to start and something will happen and they have to leave it and there's the whole frustration of leaving food behind that's a thing that I, I there's your your uh, tropable watch it notable tropables like notable tropables it's it, it, the whole thing where someone will sit down with their food and be about to eat it and someone will interrupt them yes. and they have to leave it behind absolutely um, that's the um, that, that's something I've noticed that happens a lot in them it's very rare that you'll actually see somebody sitting there and eating a meal unless they're about to make light of it. Yeah. Or like like that it's being used as a punchline. So like friends used to do it though, but they had six cast members sitting in one area and there was the whole thing of like Joey and his food. So they could have Joey eat something off to the side if he didn't have anything to say in that episode, in that yeah, yeah. scene. What they do is they, they, they might do a little joke around the food and then Joey just sits there eating. They wouldn't, um, they, they kind of early implied how much he loves food and then didn't like, they didn't even have to show me a lot of the time. They just have to do the, um, you got pizza without me? He's like, well, yeah, we even got the Joey special. <gasps> Two pizzas? <laughs> like the idea that... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... It, it, it's it was it, That's the thing, but it was... It, they, sh they in a weird case of Tell, Don't Show, they flipped it around. Mm. They told... Uh, sorry, I've Show, Don't Tell. They did Tell, Don't Show, and they told you that he liked food a lot, and they never really had to show it. Mm. You would normally see the aftermath or immediately before he gets food. Um or in Seinfeld, there was like they would very rarely show somebody actually eat their food. Yeah, they would go to start it, or or they would just finish, and someone would mention it. I, I can there always remember Seinfeld characters the, picking up food, holding it in their hand, and gesturing, and often putting it down to continue talking. And you're like, you, yeah. so you're not eating that? What do you do? Yeah, uh, and it's like, and that's again, that's the thing. It's you notice that because it's not natural, mm. and that's going back to the earlier thing of when people are eating. In a scene, when an act, a good actor is eating while still being able to act and emote and and verbalize their dialogue, mm. then you're like it. It seems more natural. But there, I, I distinctly remember one in Seinfeld, an episode in Seinfeld, where uh, George is trying to. Now I wasn't mad in Seinfeld, but I had the odd episode that I thought was quite good. Mm. Um, the there was an episode where he was. It started off the show with him eating a Snickers bar with a knife and fork, because he'd seen someone in his company do it someone really high up and he was like well obviously if I want to impress this guy I have to show that I do the same things yep. and then as the like and like straight away the guys are like what the hell are you doing like in front of him they're like w what is this like uh, and they, they, they ridicule him for it and then as this, the episode progresses they start seeing other people doing it yep. in random places as if this is just spreading um, that said if, if you're ever eating pizza in front of me and you pick up a knife and fork, I will fucking cut you. <laughs> uh, that's what the knife's on the table for. To, to make, it's, that's the only reason it's there, right? To make, to make an example of someone. Yes, it's, that's, that's, not, that's not how one eats pizza. I'm sorry. No, that's the reason um, you got no, no, pizza. Just, I just, I, 
Yeah, I just, and I just thought it was an interesting. Uh, it's an interesting again, like a prop, how it's used, yep. how it's never eaten. Now in film, they do eat. You see people taking bites of stuff, um, but there's the famously there's the spit bucket that they have. Yeah, uh, in films, there's a whereas in TV shows, it's very rarely you will see the person actually make it to the effort of eating. Yeah. They've either just finished or they're about to start when the cut happens. So it, it very rarely will show you it happening. I'd love to go back and watch Malcolm in the Middle again because a lot of the the. Um, scenes starting breakfast and stuff like that and I can always remember Hal eating like I have this strong memory of him looking down at his food while like talking to the boys or something and like be stuffing his face while everybody else is not eating um, but I maybe I'm just yeah, completely imagining it because he wasn't it. meant to be he wasn't meant to be the funny guy in that show yeah. initially remember he was meant to be just kind of a tiny a you know, there is a lot of the episodes where he's just sitting there and he's reading the paper and he might be drinking orange juice yeah. and he's talking to him. What is it? Um, but again, well, I think the, once the cast gets bigger, no, they have the, they're the able joke to have in, someone eating. The joke in Malcolm in the Middle were like, stu- uh, 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 the kid's pouring yeah, it, and he's like, hey, oh, careful with that orange juice, it doesn't grow on trees. Wait a minute, yes, it does grow on trees. Then why is it so damn expensive? <laughs> uh, yeah, but there's that, there's that, um, I think it's when, once your cast gets above a certain size. In Seinfeld, it was only over two to three people sitting in the diner. Yeah. So if you want a proper conversation, you can't have someone eating. With friends, there's six of them. Mm. Four, four of those people can easily carry a conversation while one person's eating, one person's drinking their coffee. Same for Malcolm in the Middle. There was the three sons low, uh, like at the table. Lois always hovering over them. Yes, and then, uh, and then Hal sitting there either eating or drinking or reading the paper mm. and something like that. So again, it was more people. And then when they had the character when the youngest Jamie was born and Jamie can just be sitting there sucking on a bottle and it's like, it looks more natural and it's more kind of... yeah. yeah. Um, also in animation you'll notice that like people do eat but almost never do they sound like they're eating because it's the whole thing of it's simulated yeah. so the a car- a characters in the Simpsons can chew and swallow their food in 0.1 of a second like and with no detriment to them whatsoever <laughs> so it, it's people will be sitting around the table eating and then there's no noise of them eating yeah you know what I mean like there's, sorry, there's that hum 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 noise that they make but if somebody says something there's not a trace of food in their mouth so it, it was just it, it's kind of an interesting prop that they use in TV. Um, I used to always look at the yeah, Simpsons dinner plates, and it was uh, it would vary wildly as to whether they'd actually drawn the food or not. Sometimes they just really didn't. Um, hmm. I it, this is the mush. Yeah, be mush with like something like a pork chop next to it, and just that's it because they just need a dinner table scene. Um, hmm. I'd lo- again another one I'd love to go back. There's a, they made a whole point about Lisa becoming a vegetarian. And trying to get people to eat gazpacho or whatever, um, and Homer yeah. insisting that you don't, in fact, win friends with salad. But um, I wonder, I wonder if there came a point where they'd made a point about her being a vegetarian, where they had to start drawing the food properly because they had to make sure she got her own. I think they probably just went and let more vague with the food. Yeah, probably. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's it's an odd thing to see people uh, the way people um the way it's used in in tv and it is very different to film like i said like in film you will regularly see people actually taking bites of stuff mm. and then it'll cut to someone else talking and then they'll have a reaction like mm. kind of, but in, in tv you never get that far because they're like i mean they it's not like in the film where you have the budget to, like make, make 20 steaks go on go for it yeah yeah it, it, it it's very much a case of yeah make one and don't fucking eat it so, Actually, um, one, one last kind of trope for TV shows and movies and things um, is something that's obviously completely alien to me. I've never been on a movie set. I'm always really interested when they do the craft services shot, which is in something like Episodes, mm. or I saw it in the Joel McHale show just there, where 
there it's like a behind the scenes uh, shot of um, like what the real Hollywood and it's always a character walking up and glancing up and down this mad buffet and then another yeah. character comes up and they have like kind of snippy words like they, they're always it's always a place where characters talk a little bit of shit to one another and then yeah. one character will take something really unhealthy and walk off you still there? yeah I'm there I'm there I'm just I'm just I've gobsmacked you yeah. oh no no but you you just you just really want to experience this someday yeah I, I just fascinated yeah by I'm abs- genuinely like it's such a weird thing to me I was like so this is food off to the side like you're trying to act and I'm looking over going oh my god he's gonna eat, it's, he's gonna eat the last prawn thing I want that prawn thing now from 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 what I've heard it's like it's it depends obviously like but normally if they have a set uh, filming schedule it's arranged to be there at certain times yeah it's just like like a hotel buffet type of thing. It's like, okay, it's there for the next hour. Go, maybe right. clean it up. Fair enough. But um, just just so I think that's just done. I think so. Talking about food, I'm sure people listening there are quite hungry or repulsed one or the other. <laughs> um, so just and actually as a quick mention, um, the if you really want to be repulsed, go watch the fish scene, uh, the fish special scene scene from Existence. Oh um, yeah! Oh, it was a great scene. Yeah. <laughs> Um, my dog brought me this. No, um, just, yeah, go watch it. It's great. Um, so just a, it's one thing someone actually said to me recently, we forgot, we, we've stopped doing it and we really should go back and do it. Is we haven't, we haven't done homework in a while. We don't recap. Oh yeah. So just in terms of film, for my ones, um, any of the Miyazaki films, there's loads of, like the way food is treated in those films is great. Um, uh, and then just watching Brad Pitt eat in films. Mm. In terms of uh, games, um, just how food is treated in like the likes of Web, but also how it's treated in stuff like Cooking Mama and how that got people interested in it. And in TV, I just you'll notice it in TV series now that people very rarely eat. There is actually just realized there is one exception to that. If somebody is watching a TV report or listening to the radio, you will sometimes see them eat because they don't have to actually yeah, see anything. That's true. They're on their own and they're watching something. They can eat or and then they can react mm. visually. Um, Johnny, your quick recap. My homework is uh, genuinely do go watch a bit of binging with Babish. Um, I bet you'll find a dish that he from a TV show or movie that you really like that you want to see him recreate. Uh, for the movies, uh, the cake scene in Matilda, or anything from Indiana Jones' Temple of Doom, that entire dinner scene. Uh, if you if you haven't seen it, I would absolutely recommend it. Uh, if you want to uh, send us a picture of a Breath of the Wild or a Final Fantasy fifteen food that's been recreated in real life I'd love to see that because again I haven't played those games uh, do watch the Deadly Premonition Sinner Sandwich I actually am going to do I'll do a little thing of me making one and eating it to see if it's any good um, mm-hmm. and uh, Always Sunny is I know everyone's seen it you don't need me to tell you but Always Sunny and the Simpsons have the funniest foods just um, just to quickly finish yep. I'm going to tell a story before we go about. Uh, so I don't like steak Oh yeah. Um, partially because I think any food that I forgot like, this about you. The, the, you need special cutlery to eat <laughs> outside of a basic knife, fork, and spoon. If I need special cutlery to eat, eat your food, you can fuck right off. So That's I can eat me. steak with a spoon. Like it's maybe you're just getting hung up on the cutlery. I can <laughs> eat it with your hands. Yeah, so I went out for for dinner once many many years ago. Um, I think I was maybe twenty. Uh, no, it was I was twenty two, and it was my friend's twenty first. And we all go out for dinner, and there's maybe 10 or 12 of us uh, in a restaurant. And um, I was, uh, it was not TGI Fridays. Yeah, it was TGI Fridays. So 
I had been to TJ Fridays so, with so this premium steak. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, no, it's it's fancy when you're 20, 21. Like, fair enough. So myself and my friend had been there with uh, with a few others a year before, and they come out and they were all getting steak, and I don't like steak. They all the three of them got steak, and I was like, they're like, do you want a steak as well, sir? And I'm like, no, I don't like steak, but uh, I want to get a burger, but fuck this I want to get a proper burger says you know the way in Eddie Rockets they do the double patty can you do me one of them and they're like sure and I'm like can I get it on the half pounder and they're like that's a full pound of meat sir and I'm like which I believe is smaller than a steak and they're like that's a fair point sir we'll see what we can win <laughs> so they went off and they made it but the patties used to be really thick already yeah so the thing so it was really hard to, to eat bite because it was so big right. it was just stacked on top <laughs> but I made I ate it and it was delicious and I was like 10 out of 10 cheers nice one man so this is like two years later and it's your man's 21st and we're all out and we're in a different TJ Fridays. But now a double patty option on the half pounder burger is on the menu. Ah, nice. And I'm like, well, I wasn't the only one asking for this if this is actually after happening. So, so everyone's asking for the steak and he's like, Glenn, check it out. It's, it's actually on it. And I'm like, I saw it and I'm going, like, I'm going for it. And, but they hadn't made the patties any thinner. Like I thought they were going to make them wider but thinner. Yeah, yeah. To, so they'd better stack on the burger. No, they're still the same height. And as I pick it up and everyone's looking at me, like there's like 10 people at the table looking at me going, my God, the size of that burger. And I open my mouth to take a bite into it. And the muscle on the <laughs> side of my jaw locked. <laughs> oh, man. So the muscle just under here, and I'm pointing, you'll see in the video, just under here, uh, decided to seize. You know, you get like a muscle cramp yeah. in your leg. I got one of them on the bottom of my jaw <laughs> trying to bite into a burger. And my jaw was frozen open. And I got the burger and I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> and the entire table is crying laughing oh, man. and I'm trying to force my way through the cramp to get my <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's amazing and on that note and on that note I will say take it easy guys All right. thanks for tuning in have fun good eating Bye. enjoy <laughs> cheers that's our show thanks for listening and if you want to hear more from us be sure to throw us a follow over at twitter.com slash dystropia underscore casts or facebook.com slash dystropia podcast. We'll see you next time.